So uh, moving on from that, we have the Chaperone. Uh, the Chaperone is one of those other exotics that I talked about earlier with Arbalist, where although the usage numbers don't necessarily support it, uh, I think it's a tremendously, tremendously strong weapon. I think people have a bad taste in their mouth from Chaperone and V1, where Chaperone was required a very high amount of skill to be good with. Um, and I think the designers recognize that. And so Chaperone is actually one of the most forgiving guns in the game for its like headshot hitbox. Uh, it's right up there with Arbalist in that you barely need to be aiming at or near their head uh, to nab headshots within its effective range. And then once you get Roadborne active, that effective range gets jacked way out there, almost double the range of any other shotgun in existence. Um, Chaperone, in my opinion, is actually one of the strongest exotics in the game. And unfortunately, just a ton of people don't really feel like using it because there's like this stigma about slug shotguns that like they're really hard to use and they're kind of difficult and they don't offer that much additional reward compared to a normal shotgun. And the chaperone, quite frankly, proves all that wrong, but people just haven't gotten it into them to try it, right? The only people I see using chaperone are extremely good with chaperone. Like there was a period of time where I myself, if I really wanted to sweat, I put on chaperone because it was the thing that allowed me to outrange shotgun rushers, right? Like it's, it's out there. If Honestly, and I know people are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Nobody uses this. I would nerf the aim assist on Chaperone. I, I would flat out, I don't think for what it offers, I don't think it needs as much uh, forgiveness as it has for near miss headshots. I would 100% take that aim assist down a little bit. I would leave the rest of the gun alone, but I would 100% take that aim assist down a little bit. So I don't know that I would go that far at this time, just based purely on the usage numbers, because I think even if shotguns in general came down a little further and slug shotguns, you know, by comparison, got a little bit more of an advantage, I still think that the usage numbers would stay relatively low because not only is it a slug shotgun, but it's also an exotic, which is taking your, you know, taking that slot away from you. Um, and there's a lot of people who are going to be attached to other exotics who aren't going to see this as a way that they want to go, who are still going to make that same value judgment and say, I don't think that the benefit you get in terms of a couple extra meters of range is enough for me to justify using an exotic slot. That said, I do agree that it is an unexpectedly strong weapon compared to how many people use it. This is not a weapon that is just for elite players. It does take some practice to get good with it. One of the things that I have that I have to work on when I use this gun is that I have a, a much harder time hitting uh, slide kills. Like sliding in, trying to get the headshot does not work nearly as well with Chaperone as it does on a regular shotgun because that, that tends to push you towards center mass, makes it a little more difficult to get the crit. However, Bunny hopping with this gun, I find extremely effective. It makes it almost impossible to miss the head. If you get just a little bit of verticality over people, the head is basically all that you can see. And, you know, you can't miss at that point. Uh, and it, it is very, very nice that it has that extra range. I have a little bit of difficulty because I've used aggressive shotguns so much that I tend to hold off pulling the trigger until I'm in aggressive shotgun range, which gets me killed when I shouldn't have gotten killed. Um, but once I get back into the swing with this gun, I'm my rule is basically like right when I think 
could I kill them? That's when I pull the trigger. When I'm like, are they in range? Like, if I'm questioning it, then they're definitely in range. So, that's... I would leave it. I would leave I will, it alone. I will give you this trade-off. I will give it slightly more range, although it's already maxed out at 100 range. <laughs> I will give it more reload speed. Give it 111 range. Right. And the thing is, like, it, it does... It has... Uh, underestimated inner accuracy like the inner accuracy is pretty good on it's, i don't know if it's something it's different. real good i don't know if there's something different about it than other slug shotguns but it seemingly has very exceptional inner accuracy it's right? like it's like, got icarus on it here man I'm, I'm gonna buff the reload speed just like way up i'm gonna <laughs> give it a little bit more handling i'm gonna give it a little bit more reload speed i don't the know how I could sucks possibly, on it. <laughs> i don't know how i could possibly give it more range because it already has 100 range um, I will do a couple of other things that are nice for it, uh, so that I can be justified in taking that aim assist from 70 down to 10, because that's, <laughs> that's where it needs to go. That's where it needs to go. So wow. that's, that's, that's one of those things where if I were Bungie, I would say the chaperone is underutilized. So we've decided to buff the effective range, reload speed and handling at base. However, in our play test, when we did that, the, game, the gun performed a little bit too strongly, so we're moving the aim assist down a bit, right? Like, that's how I'd say that. But really it's just because, for people. Yeah, but really it's just because I want it to have way less aim assist, and I'm okay with it having those other things, um, because I don't think those things are able to be utilized by lower-skilled players to, you know, to make the gun easier for them. So that's my thing. We, we definitely nerfed the chaperone up in this bitch. <laughs> well, agree to disagree there. Uh, but let's talk about Malfeasance. Malfeasance is a cool gun. Uh, I mean, it, it was trying to be what Outbreak Perfected wanted to be, but for Gambit, right? Where it's like, yeah. you don't feel bad using your exotic slot on a primary because it does substantial damage to primevals and uh, envoys and, and blockers, and you don't feel bad about it. And it's true, it does do good damage to those. Like, you know, if I really, really wanted to sweat it out, um, I would probably use, you know, this and a sniper rifle and and go into Gambit because it's it's pretty effective. And you can... It, what it allows you to do is it allows you to use your heavy, burn your heavy and burn your special, and then switch to your primary and still do pretty substantial DPS when you need to. Um, the Explosive Shadow, Exotic Perk, uh, shoots tainted slugs that burn into the enemy, and if you stack enough slugs, it causes them to explode, which means that you only need five body shots to kill a Guardian, which is pretty fantastic. Um, I actually think this gun is pretty good. It's a member of, unfortunately... Uh, a poor archetype. It's the 180s. For a little while, the 180s were strong. Other stuff got buffed up past it. Now the 180s are super, super, almost laughably weak uh, on their own. And that, I think, is pretty much its only problem. Yeah, I don't think I would change a thing about the way Malfeasance works. I think this is an excellent example of a themed exotic that's designed to be good in one activity and succeeds in being good at that activity, which is something that Bungie doesn't always quite get right. Uh, you know, we talked about Arbalest earlier. Um, so yeah, would 180s get a little bit more damage or you know, some other kind of love? Uh, I think it's going to be phenomenal. As is, I think it's fine. You know, it, I think it does enough to be usable in Gambit, and I don't think it needs to be good at anything else. Here's here's my solution. There are two ways you can solve 180s being bad. One, you nerf the shit out of the aim assist. You really kill the <laughs> aim assist. You cut the range down. The range isn't great, but you cut the range down a little bit, and you make them three crits, 
right? They have a 0.67 time to kill. They become the fastest primary weapon in the game, but they have super limited range and the aim assist is, is not forgiving, right? Like you really have to be on point to get those three crits. Or you bring the damage up a little bit and you bring them up to two crit, two body kills, at which point they become one of the, well, they already are one of the slowest killing primaries in the game at 1.0 seconds, which I think is about the floor. I don't think you want any primaries killing slower than that. Um, but they become pretty much the easiest gun to use in the game. 50% crit ratio to get a kill is so laughably easy. Um, it's like 180 scouts and, and D1 were the same way. It's just like laughably easy. They're the gun of choice for new players because they're super easy to hit the optimal time to kill, right? If you move in one of those two ways, if you move in the three crit way, then a lot of other primaries are going to need to get buffed as well. If you don't want to do that, then just bring up the uh, body shot damage a little bit. Make them a two crit, two body. And you're not going to have any good players using them, but you'll have a lot more you know, lower skilled players using it, which still will up, uh, up the usage numbers. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if, if, I would, if I were to try to buff the precision hand cannons right now, I would do that. I would bring the body damage up a little closer to the crit damage. This has always been a hand cannon archetype that really what you're trying to do is put bullets into somebody who's close to you pretty quickly. Just keep pulling the trigger and rely on the aim assist to get them where they need to go. And I don't think there's any reason to change that. We have a lot of hand cannons that reward precision shooting. This can be an intro hand cannon, and that's totally fine. So that's it for the Forsaken ones. We are moving on to year one. Uh, so we are going to have one, two, three, four. We're going to have nine exotics in year one that we're going to need to talk about. First up, Suros Regime, seeing a resurgence right now with the 600 RPM autos and its spinning up perk. So Suros Regime has two perks. Uh, it has got spinning up, which as you hold down the trigger, it increases the rate of fire. It goes from 600 to uh, 720 to 900 at the end of the magazine. And also has dual speed receiver, which it slows down the rate of fire, but the weapon damage increases. Um, that's only when you're ADS. And then it also has Surus Legacy, which is glass half full. The bottom half of each magazine deals bonus damage and has a chance to return health on kill. Surus right now is probably one of the strongest primary exotics in the game. It is extraordinarily good. Um, very, very powerful, especially if you're using spinning up because 600 RPM ARs are just king in the mountain right now. I would not change a single thing about Suras. I think it is right on the cusp of being too strong um, and it hasn't gone over that edge. And as such, I am okay leaving it there because I know that 600 RPM autos are getting tuned at the end of the season anyways. Yeah, firmly agree. I think Suras regime is super, super strong. If you're trying to, to sweat and you like using auto rifles, like this is a super good gun. It, it hard counters people running other you know legendary 600 uh, auto rifles once you get good with it you know you pre-fire they're gonna die first that's just all there is to it yeah next up is the huckleberry it's a seven it says 750 in the game but i'm pretty certain here not 100 but i'm pretty certain based on my testing it's actually 720 um 750 is a really weird rpm number for a 30 tick rate game because it doesn't actually register unless you like it would be like three frames, three frames, three frames, two frames, three frames, three frames, three frames, two frames. And like, it doesn't work that way, right? So I think it's 720 um, because we've seen other 720 RPMs in the game. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it's 720, but 
Uh, this is probably one of the worst primary yeah. exotics in the game. Um, it, it has Ride the Bull, which is increased rate of fire and recoil when you're holding down the trigger. Kills with this weapon, reload a portion of the magazine, and then also has Rampage, Ricochet Rounds. Um, you know, to me, honestly, like, the thing that sucks is Ride the Bull makes this gun, especially on controller, basically impossible to use. Like, the recoil gets so bad that it doesn't matter if you have Rampage, it doesn't matter if you have a faster rate of fire, it doesn't matter that you got a kill refunding portion of your magazine, like, the recoil is so shit that the gun is basically impossible to use, like, if it were me, just get rid of the increased recoil when you're holding on the trigger. Like, just do increased rate of fire and leave everything else on its own. It's probably not going to be good, but at least it won't actively be bad. The problem is, is that when the perk triggers, to, to me, it makes the gun worse. So, I think there are two problems with the Huckleberry. First is definitely that Ride the Bull increases the recoil. Like, it actively sabotages itself. Which... I mean, yeah, like, like, there's just, like, it's, it's, the perk is supposed to help it. Let's, let's take that part away. Second is that it is a submachine gun and just literally has nothing to offer that an auto rifle can't do better. There's just no reason for me to use an SMG right now. And, uh, I don't. Personally, I thought that, you know, adding in a whole bunch of SMG archetypes on top of having a whole bunch of auto rifle archetypes was poor planning from the get-go. Because SMGs weren't a thing in Destiny 1. They were just, they were just rapid-fire auto rifles. They were just 900 RPM auto rifles. That's all they were. And uh, why we need... Why we need like six archetypes of SMGs on top of like six archetypes of auto rifles, I don't know. I guess we only have four archetypes of auto rifles plus some some funky exotics, but my point is like they need to figure out what they want the SMG's role to be and then lean into that instead of just making them bad auto rifles because that's really all they are right now. They should be high damage, low range, which right now they're not. Right now they're low damage, low range. They should be, in my opinion, they should be super stable. Like, way more stable than an auto rifle. Because I, what I think of is, like, the MP5 from all these other games. Like, the MP5 is always a super stable gun. And, like, that's what I think about. And the auto rifles have more kick. And this is the other way around. The SMGs have more kick. Yeah. And they're low damage and they're low range. It's like they have the worst of all three worlds. Why would anybody ever use this gun? It's, I mean, to some extent, like, I feel like they're trying to, to simulate, like, what actually happens if you're trying to fire a submachine gun in real life, and that's just a terrible way to make a fantasy game like this, you know? Uh, I think if we're, if we're talking ways to try to fix it, I think auto rifles need to be more focused on rewarding precision sustained fire at range, while submachine guns should be more about just spraying bullets into someone's body and not worrying so much about the crits. And also we need, like, at least one less archetype. We don't we don't need four legendary archetypes of submachine guns. That is too many. Uh like none of them should be at six hundred RPM, I think. I, I think we need to keep it should be all rapid fire weapons seven twenty and above. And I think they should be doing 
body damage and crit damage that are super close, like closer than they already are. You know, right now the adaptives do 17 crit and 13 body, so maybe that needs to be like 16, 15. You know, I'm just throwing a number out there. I haven't done the math behind that. I'm just saying, like, let's reward spraying bullets into people. And, and I, like you said, like, let's make them usable, too. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with it. The Huckleberry is, I think, out of all the guns that we've gone over today, I think the Huckleberry is actually the most disappointing <laughs> out of all of them in terms of how long it's been in the game and how consistently it's been bad for. But Yeah. Um, so we're moving back down to season two. Season two had two exotics. Uh, Crimson is one of them. Crimson is interesting. Um, they have kept Crimson in check because it's actually a very strong exotic. Yeah. Uh, the perk is that it uh, kills with this weapon, instantly heal the wielder, and precision kills refill the magazine. Uh, that instant heal is actually tremendously strong. And secondarily, the range of this gun is pretty darn near pulse rifle range. Um, it, it really is a pulse rifle in a hand cannon's body. Um, and because of that, they have always tried to keep it. So, so there's this horrible, horrible thing where because of the way they set the rate of fire up, if they shave one bullet off the time to kill and it goes to a two burst time to kill, it drops the time to kill down to like 0.57 seconds <laughs> because there's like this huge delay time. I mean, it's, they basically have shot themselves in the foot because if they shave even a single shot off the time to kill, it becomes instantly the best gun in the game. Like, bar none, not even close to the best gun in the game. So they can't do that, right? So they have to keep it at three bursts, but the problem with it being at three bursts is that it's just not tremendously competitive at three bursts, right? So what I would do is I would actually, um, I would actually rearrange the rate of fire. I would slow the rate of fire down and then I would, uh, and then I would make it a two burst, right? So I would slow, I would the time in between burst, I would increase that time, and then I would make it a two burst where it requires six crits to get those two bursts, which is kind of reminiscent of how uh, Red Death was in day yeah. one. There's a period, there's a very short period of time where Red Death was the third most powerful exotic primary behind Thorn in the Last Word because it got two burst with I think five crits one body. And it killed in like 0.67 seconds. I would basically do whatever it took to get Crimson to that exact spot. Um, and if 0.67 is too fast, again, remember that this is coming from me. I believe that all primaries across the board should be buffed. Right? I believe every primary in the game should be between 0.67 and 1.00. I think hand cans need to be buffed. I think auto rifles, except for the 600s, need to be buffed. I think everything needs to be buffed. Right? I would push this up to a 0.67 time to kill with six crits, make it a two burst. I would make this gun one of the most rewarding weapons in the gun to play with, but it would be very, very difficult to get that optimal TTK, right? Hitting hitting all six crits out of two bursts is not easy to do. And if you could do it, you would be rewarded with one of the strongest guns in the game, and it would give people a reason to use it and a reason to try, but the majority of people would not be very good at it. Because now that the rate of fire is so slow, if you miss that six crit and you have to use a third burst, now that third burst is going to be even slower than it already is. Right. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh that's always been one of the difficulties with any kind of a pulse style weapon is that if you're not careful when you're tinkering with like the damage and the rate of fire, you can accidentally make a weapon super awful or alternatively super good. 
Um, Crimson is one of those guns that I raved about when it first came out. Times to kill were much slower then. And uh, honestly, it was it was fairly competitive in terms of uh, it's time to kill, once upon a time in Destiny. And I loved this gun. I ran it PvP and PvE, just every, every type of content, uh, every game mode. I loved Crimson. Being able to, to just smash adds and be instantly healed means you can just sort of like ignore most encounters because you can just keep pulling the trigger and wade through them. Uh, so, for me, Crimson, I, I think, is one of the guns that sort of defined year one of, of Destiny 2 for me uh, in terms of, like, the weapons that I just played with all the time. Uh, I think it... Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to... Uh... It's tough to balance. I'd be happy if they brought it, brought it to a two-burst kill, um, even if it took... A little bit longer between bursts. It feels like I think they did a really good job with the feel of this gun to begin with because it is a burst, but it feels chunkier than a pulse rifle burst. It feels like every shot like really has its own little bit of of, of recoil, um, and I think they really nailed that. And so I'm I'm hesitant to to ask Bungie to like do anything that might change that, but. If it makes the gun a little bit better, a little bit more viable, uh, then I'm down for it. Yeah, because the problem is right now, like, they can't do anything to it. They're kind of just stuck where it's at. You know, if they don't make a drastic change to the rate of fire, like, this is as good as Crimson is ever going to be. Because if you shave one more, sh one more shot off of it, you know, it's suddenly too good. And combined with that exotic perk, that'd be terrifying. Yeah, uh, a gun killing in less than two thirds of a second, and it heals the user, and it reloads every time they get a percentage kill. Like it'd be horrifying. Well, that's right? so. that's why I mained Red Death for like three straight months <laughs> yeah. in Destiny One because it was friggin' like, I mean, I already used the word oppressive tonight, but that's what it was. It was just like you were unkillable. It was for a, for a short period of time. It was one of my favorite weapons that has ever existed in a Destiny sandbox. Because there were two other guns in the same sandbox that were even more oppressive and even more overpowered. And so by comparison, it was like, oh, well, that gun right now would be the most dominant gun in the Destiny sandbox, bar none. Yeah. But at that point in time, it was third fiddle to two dominant hand cannons. And I hated hand cannons, so of course it was what I was going to use, and it felt great. I, I, a two burst with Red Death was one of the most like rewarding feelings yeah. uh, of putting someone down with that. It, it made me feel like I was the Terminator. Like I would just walk into a gunfight and I just didn't care what the other person was doing. Because I knew they would shoot me and I would just keep going. Like it was, it was so, so good. Uh, so let's, let's talk about the other exotic from Season 2, the Jade Rabbit. Uh, we have not seen any exotic scout rifles up until this point. Um, they, they shied away from scout rifles after year one, uh, I think because they realized that everybody hates scout rifles in Destiny 2. Scout rifle metas are, in fairness, possibly the worst kind of meta to have. It's an incredibly passive, very slow pace. It is not a fun meta. Uh, I don't think anyone wants a scout rifle meta again. What I would love are some scout rifle maps, 
So I can take the scout rifle out on occasion, but not have to use it every game. Um, J-Rabbit is interesting um, in that it feels as good as any 180 or uh, 150, my mistake, as any 150 RPM scout rifle could possibly feel to use. But 150 RPM scouts suck so much. The body shot damage is so incredibly low. They are wildly unforgiving of yeah. missing headshots. And weirdly, the the exotic perk for Jade Rabbit is almost exact, exactly the opposite what you would think you would want it to be. So every time you get a body shot, it then does increased critical hit damage the next time you do a critical hit. So the whole point of Jade Rabbit is that you're supposed to go one body shot, two body shot, and then try to get that third critical hit and hope that the bonus damage is enough to do that. But it just, it never feels right. It's never once felt right to go body shot, body shot, crit. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I would think that it would be better that you gain bonus, like just flat out you gain bonus damage on crits, right? So that you could go crit, crit, body shot. Like two, two, one. And that would make it feel pretty good, right? Or even just every time you land a hit, you get bonus damage, right? So it wouldn't really matter what you did. It just, it you know, it three-tapped as long as you hit one crit in there somewhere with three-tap, right? And, like, you're not really at risk of making this gun overpowered because 150 scouts are so bad right now. And secondarily, we have almost no maps where they're useful. So I don't really think you're going to... You know, you're going to break it for PvP, and maybe it would give it a little bit more use in PvE, but, you know, the whole the whole Jade Rabbit's exotic perk thing is kind of just really, really weird to me, that, like, it, it just, it's never made sense to me that that was the exotic perk that they gave it. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw this, you know, when it first came out, and I was just like, but why would I, why would I do that? Like, is it, how much precision damage is it giving me and then it just like wasn't enough to make any kind of sense and i so i think i think it took me like you know 15 20 minutes to to work out that there was just like a no win scenario and then i just put it away and i didn't use it again it just it doesn't feel good like it doesn't feel good to hit body shot body shot crit like it 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 just it just isn't man but like I, I don't think I took it out of my collection until Momentum Control came out. Yeah, and it's very good in Momentum Control to you know to give it to give it credit. It's fantastic in Momentum Control, but that's the only place it's ever been good. I mean, I, I really do think the way to do it is just either give it more damage on like every time you get a hit, it increases the damage a little bit, and it allows you to two crit one body or one crit two body or you know whatever it is that you want to do. Like, I think that that would actually give it some usefulness. Um, Cause then you could do funny things. Like you could be shooting, like you could, you could tear down supers with it and stuff like that. Right. Like it's still just, the thing is like they, they kill them three shots with crits anyways. Right. So yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's a weird gun to me. That's I would, I would definitely rework the perk somehow. And I would also increase the body shot damage just on all one fifties across the board. Because having them, you know, uh, what, what's the what's the body shot time to kill of a one fifty scout? Is it still two seconds? Yeah, really two seconds. Like that's that's left over from vanilla D one or D two. Vanilla D two is a two second body shot time to kill. 
Like that is so incredibly bad. Yeah, it's it's horrible. You have you you have guns that could basically kill you three times over before you kill them with body shots. Like that's that's an abomination. It's it's really horrible. Um like honestly, I I think it should be doing like at worst like 54-55. I think I think 55 would be pretty fair cuz it would still be uh basic it would still be more than double its crit time to kill. It would still be not like you're not going to be trying to body shot people to death with the gun on purpose. But at the very least, it doesn't take you two seconds. If you wanted to make them, like, you know, good, you could make it... I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to sit and do the math on it. I mean, shit, even let it do 42 seconds so if you're killing it. five body shots. If you're killing five body shots, it's 1.6 seconds, which is still ridiculously, ridiculously slow. But at the same time, it's like, well, it also has crazy range, so it's like you don't want it to have like. If you give it a one point, oh yeah, second, not fifty five. I yeah, never mind. Forty five or somewhere in there. If you give it a one point yeah. two second body shot time to kill, that's like as fast as auto rifles are, and then you will have people just like body shotting from far away. We don't want that. But like, bring it over, bring it over forty, man. Like, there's no reason for that gun to be doing thirty something to the body anymore. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it I think it really should be closer to one and a half seconds. Um maybe a little over that just to keep it from being like something you would choose to do. But anyway. Um I think I think most of the scout rifle archetypes could use a little bit of extra body damage. Um or maybe just a map where they're viable. One hundred percent. On both of those things. I also need both. So Anyways, we are now back to season one. We are back to Vanilla Destiny, the five kinetic exotics that came with Vanilla Destiny. Uh, so first one on the list, Sweet Business. How are you feeling about Sweet Business? I think Sweet Business is fine. You know, when somebody when somebody's really good with it, they can be pretty annoying. Uh, that said, it's one of those weapons where it's so niche that you just don't see it used that much. Like, it's kind of a pain to use because you, you always have to pre-fire, and you have to pre-fire pretty significantly. Now, once you get that going, you can just sort of, like, walk around and mow people down, and that feels fantastic. But you're also relatively easy to avoid, and, like, everyone knows where you are. So if you walk into that, it's a little bit on you. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't mess with it. This is, this is like a theme, this is like a theme park ride. Yeah. You know? you know what it is? It's like Monte Carlo. It's like Cerberus. Where it's like, is it the most used gun? It's weird that they're all auto rifles. Yeah. But it's like, is it the most used gun? No, it's not the most used gun. Does it work really well for one specific type of build and type of playstyle? Heck yeah, it does. Like, this is the gun that is just so goofy and so fun and, like, such an interesting, unique weapon. And it looks so cool to it. In my opinion, it is one of the coolest-looking guns we've ever had in Destiny. Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, honest to God, you can't tell me that you haven't played in a six-stack with everyone using Sweet Business <laughs> and Quick Play and just had the most fun couple of games that have ever existed 
because everybody's just holding down the trigger, shooting for infinite amounts of time using Actium War Rig on the Titans and just like non-stop rain of bullets. Like anyone who walks around a corner gets evaporated. And like, it's it's just a ton of fun. It's a really, really fun gun. And they, they did buff it a little while back to make it a little bit better, but I freaking love it. Yeah, Sweet Business, unlike Crimson, did get brought up to uh, year two levels of damage. Well, let's let's talk about another very unique weapon in the Destiny sandbox, and that would be Sturm, which, as we all know, pairs with Drang, which is perhaps uh, one of the few viable sidearm archetypes at present. So Sturm, perhaps has a place for some people right now. Uh, and if, if you don't know, the way Sturm works is that kills with Sturm fill the magazine of the equipped energy weapon from reserves. Now, if that equipped weapon is Drang, then hey, you get the benefit that Drang has, which is kills with Drang, reload Sturm, and overflow a bonus damage round into the magazine. And if you keep getting kills with Drang, you can keep stacking bonus damage rounds into the magazine up. I think the highest I've seen is like 20, 20 rounds loaded into Sturm. I don't know if it caps, honestly. Uh, I think it can go higher than that. I think they removed the cap on it, and you can get like 99 of them or something like I that. Mean, I mean, honestly, if you get 99 kills with Drang, then like, I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> if the match isn't over, I guess enjoy. Um, That's, that's maybe that's a, something that you do in PvE, but I think Sturm is cool. So so what happens is Sturm normally is a, is, is it really like a 113 rate of fire? It's, is that what they actually, I mean, it's, it's, it's well, no, it's, a 110. it's rounded to war. Yeah, it's rounded to 110, but the actual rate of fire in game, because 30 frames per second is, is, you know, around 113, okay. but you know, it, what they need to do is it needs to go back to being 120. Like, the reason why 110s happened is because in the time to kills of Vanilla Destiny, uh, having 120 hand cannons at their level was made their TTKs too fast with a three-tap, right? It made them have a one-second TTK, which was too fast in Vanilla Destiny. So they brought them down to 1.07 seconds by dropping the rate of fire. Like, that's all done. Like, they need to go back to 120 RPM. Yeah so that they can be where they're supposed to be at, right? And then realistically, like, they need a damage buff to where they're killing in one crit, two bodies. Or, and this is just my opinion, but I think they should be able to kill low resiliency in two crits. Like, I'm talking, like, two or lower, like, really low resiliency levels. Like, I think they should be able to kill in two crits. I mean, I don't think that's unfair. You know, like, even Crimson, I think, can actually currently... Two tap if you could somehow get your armor to zero. You could somehow get your resilience to zero. I'm pretty sure it does enough to two tap. Uh, I don't think it would be totally unfair for an aggressive to two tap. Uh, if you know if you're below two armor, like that's sort of on you. Um, yeah, I think. Okay, what was I saying? Oh, so Sturm, so normally, right now, it kills in like 1.07 seconds optimally with with two crits, one body, which is fucking abysmal. Um, But, but, if you're really good with Drang, then you can two-tap people with an overcharged Sturm 
0.53 seconds. And actually, not even not even two crits, right? It's one crit, one body. Yeah. So it's incredibly easy to do. You get one kill with Drang, and then you can two-tap with Sturm at a pretty respectable range. Yeah, it just, the problem is, is like, you're asking a lot. Like, in order I am, to yeah. use this exotic... <laughs> Bungie is. In order to, yeah, in order to use this exotic well, you pretty much have to use Drang. This, this exotic has almost, has very little to no power on its own, right? And it's fortunate that Drang is a good sidearm, so it's okay. But, like, it's just, you know, to me, it needs to buff. Like, the gun needs something more on its own, so that the only time you use it is not, okay, I also have Drang, let me use both of them, right? Because now you're asking me to give up two weapon slots yeah. to use this. And the only benefit is that every time I get a kill with Drang, I can then get a faster kill with Sturm. Well, for think think about any player who has a 1.0 or lower KD. They don't they hardly ever get two kills in a life. Yeah. So they may get a kill with Drang and then immediately die, and they never get to use Sturm. This is basically a waste for them. This gun is like custom built for high skill players, but high skill players have better options. Yeah, I mean I think one of the biggest things that could happen. One of the first things that has to happen before this gun can really be good is that the archetype would have to be better. If they bring the rate of fire up, that's going to do a lot, but they also do have to, like you said before, bring the damage up a little bit so that the optimal time to kill is not higher than one second. Like, it, for a high-impact archetype, it really should be... It really should be... You know, not more than one second. And and then with the damage buff, it should be, you know, fairly easy to two-tap. Uh, it's wild to me that it's still over a second. It's just wild. Uh, it's just... It's, it fell by the wayside, right? Yeah. It just never got fixed. Like, there's a bunch of stuff left over in this game from Vanilla Destiny 2 that just, like, never got fixed. Like, it's, it's actually kind of weird when you look back through it. Like, you can see where, like, their attention just got diverted away from stuff that was put into the game for a different sandbox. So what I wouldn't mind seeing is that kills with this weapon maybe reload the magazine of the equipped energy weapon and load bonus damage rounds into the magazine of it if it's drank. Maybe just, you know, we want to we want to stick with this paired fantasy. You have to use these two weapons together. But at the very least, they could both help each other. Sturm is the exotic half of it, since you can only have one exotic. But then they both get a damage bonus, so you can cycle back and forth effectively. And if you can get it rolling, you can be a little bit overpowered for as long as you don't screw up. And as soon as you screw up and get killed, somebody outplays you, you have to start the cycle again. But the cycle is very rewarding while it's going. I think there's some potential there. I don't think this really needs to be a competitive weapon. Because that could be pretty scary. No, I agree. It definitely does not need to be a competitive weapon. Again, this can be a niche weapon. This can be Sweet Business. This can be Monte Carlo. Yeah. This can be Cerberus. I don't even think it needs to give bonus damage to Drang. Because Drang is very good right now on its own. Like, Actually extraordinarily good on its own. Um, it is as close to <coughs> it is as close to meta as a sidearm can be, I think. 
Um, and I, I, I wouldn't expect that to change. I don't think they're going to be nerfing sidearms anytime soon, right? So my thing is if you buff the archetype for, if you buff Sturm's archetype, you increase the rate of fire, you make it work in two tap low resilience, you make it to where one crit, two bodies, other guardians, and you give it, you know, increased range or whatever, and it already has pretty decent range. I think it's probably good. I think it's probably good on its own. Fair enough. Because now Drang is already very good. You get a kill with Drang, you switch over to Sturm. Sturm at that point is damn near unbeatable, right? And then you just, you run that cycle and it becomes a niche thing. The same with Monte Carlo, the same with Sweet Business, the same with Cerberus. Like it doesn't have to be competitive. It just has to be fun to use. And right now it's not fun to use because Sturm sucks ass on its own. <laughs> and you are required to use Drang to make Sturm bearable, oh, right? So true. Like if Sturm were bearable on its own and then Drang were good, then when you get a kill with Drang, now Sturm is very good. Like that's a different that's a different cycle right there. I can I can I can run with that. But when one of my guns is useless and the other one is good, that's not that's not nearly as much fun. Yeah. Because I feel like basically like if I don't have Drang out and Sturm isn't overcharged, it's useless to me. Like I might as well not have that gun. And I don't want to feel that way about an exotic that I'm equipping. I want to feel like it stands on its own a little bit. Yeah. I mean it and it absolutely doesn't. So Next up is the opposite of that. It's Vigilance Wing, which right now, the only thing keeping Vigilance Wing from being extraordinarily good and very strong is the fact that the recoil direction is a teeny tiny bit suboptimal, and there is no way to make it more vertical because you cannot equip mods on the gun. So you can't put a counterbalance mod on it, and it doesn't have a barrel that gives you better recoil direction. So the recoil direction, which wouldn't normally be bad on a gun because it's at 79, but because it has five bursts in the round, yeah. or five rounds in the burst, is a very long burst. It's very drawn out. And so any bit of sideways movement is like very, very noticeable. Uh, that is the only thing stopping it from being incredibly good because it actually got caught up in that last high impact pulse rifle damage buff. It brought the damage up. It is now one of the easiest easiest two burst kills in the game it is like ridiculously easy and then the perks are really nice like passive perks where you don't even have to do anything right when a nearby ally is killed you gain health regeneration and increased movement speed which is awesome right especially for competitive playlist and then you get improved weapon performance and greatly increased recovery when you're the last living member of a fire team which is also great for uh you know for in-game content so i mean what I love about those perks is you don't have to do anything for them, right? Like they just they just happen to you whenever they happen to you, and it's just and they're noticeable buffs. And then in addition, like I said, the gun is just really easy to use right now. Honestly, if if I could put a counterbalance mod on it, I don't know if I would ever stop using this gun. And I think that's the big thing that has steered me away from Vigilance Wing since year one. You know, we had. Uh, now I don't remember if it was actually just called counterbalance. We had something we could put on on the helmet, right? Yeah. We the, well, it was on any armor. You could put a yeah. counterbalance mod on armor in it, and it would just it would just balance it out. Um, and that was when when it had that, it was super super good. Like you saw a lot of vigilance wing use in the crucible. I know I used it a pretty fair amount myself. Um, and like you said, this this gun has some pretty some pretty great passive. Perks. It's actually really good for running, like strikes uh, or story content with a small fire team, um, because then you do get to take advantage of last stand, um, and having that that recovery buff 
is real nice when you're trying to stay alive and, and revive your teammates. Like, it's very handy. This gun obviously has the uh, the Osiris design going on. Like, it's clearly sort of, like, intended to be, like, Trials of Osiris, Trials of the Nine, reminiscent. But, I don't know. I guess I never really saw it used very much there. Obviously, Trials of the Nine Year One was all about the Mita. Uh, right up until it was all about Uriel's gift. It had it had a brief moment when Graviton Lance was also meta. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like it it had a brief moment where that happened, um, and that was pretty nice. But I'm gonna say like, if I were to change anything, I would give it six more recoil direction or five more <laughs> recoil direction, bringing it from like 79 to like 84 or 85. And then I wouldn't touch it because I think that alone would be enough to where people would be like, ooh, this feels good. And like they'd start using it. Yeah. And I think that's important, especially if you're going to buff hand cannons or anything like that. I think it's important because this is a very good mid-range weapon. Mid-range to short-range weapon, this is a fantastic weapon. It's it's not necessarily a direct counter, but it's an alternative to hand cannons. Um, so I would love to see this gun. Just That's the only change I would make to it. The tiniest little change. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... It's one of those guns where it's it's in a really sweet spot for damage right now. It's very rewarding. And it rewards you for choosing to use a weapon that doesn't feel like any other weapon. So it takes some time to get used to the way those bursts feel. And to get used to the way it handles. Uh, and unfortunately it does just feel a little off right now. Um, which for, for me has been enough to keep me from using it more than very occasionally. Well, and then we're moving into the last two. Uh, we got Rat King. Rat King gives you Rat Pack, which is a fully automatic weapon becomes stronger when nearby allies also have it equipped, stacks up to six times. And then Vermin, which is reloading immediately after a kill, grants a brief period of invisibility. So would you change anything about this? I don't know, God, if, I, no. I don't know <laughs> if I change anything about this gun. I mean, it's just like sweet business, right? Like you don't see a ton of people using it. But you, every once in a while, just run into a fire team where everybody's using it. And it's hilarious. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it at all. Because if you made it, like, really good, then you would have six stacks running full invis hunters just friggin' tearing people to pieces. Like, it would, it would be literally like getting mauled to death by rats. That's how much yeah. fun it would be. Uh, so please, Bungie, never make this gun any better than Viz. Uh... <laughs> It's right now it's like the perfect meme gun and I think it just needs to always be the perfect meme gun. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And that brings us to our last weapon which is Mita Multi-Tool. I wouldn't change anything about Mita either. Yeah. I mean, it's Mita is just an all-time classic. It's never needed to be changed. It doesn't need to be changed now. It's just a fantastic gun. It's got crazy aim assist, the weapon boost movement speed, radar stays active while aiming down sights like it is, it is one of those exotics, which the only thing that's exotic about it is it is just flat out the best scout rifle that you can use, right? Like that's, yeah. they, they did that they did that a lot in D1 where like the only thing that was exotic about a weapon was just that it was flat out the best weapon of that class. Like statistically, it was just superb. And we haven't seen that as much in D2, um, but you know, I'd be all for them doing that stuff again, right? Like, don't I don't necessarily need a bunch of exotic perks. If you just give me a gun that statistically is hands down the best in every single thing, and you're like, this is an exotic. I'd be like, sure, whatever, cool. 
And then, you know, you stick Third Eye on it or you stick, you know, Outlaw and Firefly. Like you give me some perk combination too. That's like a great perk combination. It's like, cool, I'm golden. I'll use it, right? So I, I think Midas totally fine as it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the perfect scout rifle. And uh, that brings us to the end. Wow. Wow. That was a lot, man. That was a lot. That was a... I, I didn't realize how many guns there were. I'm... Uh, Jeez, man, that was a two-hour episode. This is definitely going to be parts one and two uh, of this episode. That, that was a lot. So congratulations that, that we got through that. That was pretty impressive. There we go. Maybe maybe we don't need to record another episode next week. Maybe we need to give this some time. <laughs> no, I think we need to do energy weapons next week. Let's actually let's let's look at uh, let's look at the collection. So how many energy weapons are there? So there's twenty five. Oh my gosh. So yeah, and you know the thing is, is, I was like, we can do energy and power. No, there's twenty power weapons. Too. like yeah there's a lot there's quite a few oh you know what i think we got it easy i think we got it easy with the kinetics even just looking at the energies right now there's a lot more energies that need work than there are than there are kinetics oh three-part episode here we come yeah all right guys well we'll see you next week we'll talk about energy weapons have a good have a good one bye peace